Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another Supercoach preview. Last time we came to you with the 10 centers under 350k. This one's all about the two RFs. These are the two positions I think you can really get some value. I've got 10 more options here. Center, center, uh, sorry, two RFs under 400k. So all about the middies here. I think there's a lot of value. It's some guys that can make some money, get some good scores for you. They'll be able to plug into your two RF. Obviously, centers and two RF is the two we got to fill the most in. Um, you might want enough some, you might want to get some cash cows and obviously get some guns to get you some score. So I've got 10 options here. I'm sure you've already thought about a lot of these guys. There's some that you may not have thought about yet. I just want to give you some options here as to where I'm thinking with my team. So we'll start with number one. I think probably out of everyone on this is probably, I think everyone's got him. It's Sean Bloor from the Tigers, 2RF only, 259K. If he gets an edge spot on Timless Tuesday, I would say 40% of the league's would uh teams would have him genuine option did score well last year when he was on the field it's all about you know how to how to you could call a risk injury pretty freak um i think he's going to be okay it's all about magical guy if he is upset with the you know first three rounds and they don't perform as well as he likes he won't be afraid to hook him so i think sean bull is one of those guys 259k is not and not too much to to worry about, especially if he's one of your reserves. Um, I think there's value there. And again, if he gets an edge spot and can average, you know, a 55, all of a sudden then you're making nearly 300 grand. So a, a definite guy you can start with by round 10, you can cash him out, get him up possibly to a day for feeder who may have dropped prices by then, who knows? So I think Sean Bloor's going to be everyone's. I think that's a nice, easy one to start with there. Number two is Tepai Moroa for me. Two RF front row forward. Uh, dual 205k so this is definitely going to be one i start with in the reserves uh, of my 2rf or front row uh, to me you look at the the melbourne side right now in the forwards at least you know you think about kama kamika being out with the uh stand down policy you think of some of the guys in that forward pack already uh you know you got welch ken brom jay brom kafusi all uh fanukan's gone all guys that are there who are a little bit up in age you know, Cheese, we'll see how they utilize him in his last season. I think there's a there's a path there for Moroa to be a functioning um, contributor off the bench. And then, obviously, in origin time, I can see him really coming there and doing a job for them. So I think Tepai is going to get some game time. I think he's going to be able to, you know, make a bit of steady cash, a bit like a, a Spencer new from the last couple of years where, you know, if you can get, you know, 100, 150K out of him, and it can literally you know, boost you up to a fallen gun who's, you know, fallen to the, the high 300s, low 400s. All of a sudden, that can get you a little bit of a boost. So Tepai is definitely a stepping stone player. I think, again, 205 is going to be as close to a new basement where a guy you can still play. Again, if he comes on on the field, I don't think it's going to be an AE nightmare because he's, he's going to be, you know, rolling through the middle. You'd think he's still going to get at least a 30. It's a warm body in a buy round. So I think Tepai is going to be one that people should start to look at because, again, Melbourne has lost a bit of punch in their middle, at least with their depth. So it'd be a good little spot to have him there. Number three for me is TC Rabadi from the Broncos, 2RF only, 313K, all predicated on the makeup of that 
Bronco side. Logic would dictate that it's going to be Capewell and it's going to be Ricky in the second row, but who knows? Who knows? I think Ricky had an up and down year last year. I think if TC Rabadi has a good off season and shows a lot of punch, I think he can get that spot. Kurt Capewell, if there's an injury in the centers, they might slot him in there. Uh, you know, he's going to be an origin duty potentially. He might get injured. I think TC Rabadi, I'd love it to be a little bit less. If he was around that 260 to 270 mark, I'd be all over him. 313, it's a little bit more than I want to pay, especially if you're going to start him in a reserve. But again, he's one of these guys, if he can get a starting spot, that's a big if. If he can roll through as a middle forward rotation player, if he can, you know, the lock spot, Carrigan's going to come back. Does he move into the front row to partner? Or does Flegler stay there? I think there's, we just got to see the makeup of the Bronco side, but it's a guy that I'm willing to take the punt on if he gets a start because I think he's one of those guys, he's one of these young guys that if he gets a start, I don't see him really giving up the jersey. So TC Rabadi is a bit of upside play, but 313K, a little bit more than you want to pay, but again, it's all about TLT. If he puts a couple of good um, trials together, if there's an injury to someone in the forward pack there, I think that's when you jump on him. Same for number four here. Scott Sorensen from the Panthers, second row only, 362K. So again, logic dictates that it's going to be Kikau and Liam Martin, who played Origin last year in the starting second row. Scott Sorensen was a guy to me, I thought he was an invaluable member of the Panthers pack last year final series. I thought he played really, really well, rolling through the middle. Can play on an edge. We saw that in his previous stops with the Sharks. To me, ah. Uh, if he got the start ahead of Liam Martin, I'd be all over him because I just think, again, in that Panthers side, I saw what he did last year. He can, he can you know, be a bit of an Isaiah Pabaliti. We can start on an edge, go into the middle, go in the middle, start, go to the edge. I think there's just talent there. And again, what he did in the finals last year for the Panthers, I'm sure Ivan Clear in the Panthers brass hasn't forgot about that because he had a real influential role. So again, it's probably going to be Kikau and Martin. You know, you think about that Panthers makeup, I just think if he starts on the bench and drops a little bit of price, you know, gets maybe around that 310, 320, there's an injury or suspension, I might go because I think that's a player. If he can get a starting spot again, he won't give it up and he can make some cash when he's on the park. So those two guys, the first two guys, they obviously I think are no-brainers get in there. The next two, I think, are guys just based on situation can make an impact for you. Number five, again, is going to be a TLT predicate, but I might be in on him in my front row. It's Ethan Bullymore. He's a guy that uh, he's a 2RF front row forward at 280K even. Now, the Broncos didn't want to lose him. He was one of those guys I thought he played when he was on the field. You just noticed him. He was a guy that leapt off your screen. I think in this manly forward pack, there's a chance. Obviously, Mike DePower, another year older. I think Kepi and Paseca, none of them guys really established the front row spot for each of them. I think if Bullimore can come down there, have a great preseason, you know, start strong off the bench, there's a chance that he can really, um, you know, come on there and average a 40 and make you a little bit of cash. I think there's absolutely a path there. And again, he's got the dual flexibility. I don't predict there's ever going to be a stage where he doesn't crack the 17. You know, I know Sipley's there as well. There's a couple of guys ahead of him, but the fraps on about the Broncos and the way that the Broncos you can tell when they were devastated that they lost him. I think Ethan Bullimore has a chance to really come down to this manly side. And we've seen, you know, Paseca and Kepi have some really, really big games. I think the one thing I'm taking away from Manly this year is, or last year, is it's not all about Marty to power. If you're going to pick up 
you know, a manly front row forward in classic or draft, don't go for the most expensive guy because the other guys are doing just as a good job. So Ethan Bullimore, 280. Again, if you don't start with him and he drops a little bit of cash and all of a sudden, you know, he's around that 240 mark and then he gets a starting spot somehow. Again, injury suspension will happen all the way through the year. So these are guys just, you may not start with any of the 10 here, but injury or suspension might come into play and all of a sudden, whether they've started on the bench, dropped a bit of cash, or they've been out of sight, out of mind, I think that it's a good pickup. Number six is a guy who's just too low right now. And I've, I see him starting in that 17 somewhere. It's uh, Sevilla Havili from the Rabbits. So obviously moved from the Raiders to the Rabbits this year. He's a hooker, second front row. So it's a nice jewel to have, 224K. He's going to average more than 20 when he gets on the park, if he gets on the park. I think he's going to be an invaluable guy on the bench there. I really do think that, you know, someone like a Jacob Host who was taking, or Liam Knight, who was taking one of those bench spots last year, why can't that be Havili? You know, he can spell Damian Cook on the game. You need to spell Damian Cook and actually get a guy that can get the ball out of dummy half. You know, he can move in your front row rotation and play lock, play prop for a little bit and, you know, spell, you know, Burgess and Totola and Arrow and Murray. I just think... There's, there's too much – the way that Benji made a lot, a lot of sense last year to have the guy who can come on there and be the third creator, I think for me, this year's all about Damian Cook and pacing Damian Cook. Um, I think they did a really good job of it last year, and I think that's why Havili's here. I think it's a really nice piece. He obviously got squeezed out of the Canberra due to the Hodson and Starling combination. I don't think it was anything about the way he played. And 224K, you can easily put him in there as one of your reserves, and all of a sudden you've got nice flexibility if you need to put him up into the hooker spot leave him in the second row spot. Havili is definitely going to be one of my reserves to start with. And again, depending on TLT, if he can somehow crack that, you know, a bench spot there, again, when Cook goes on origin, I know Marzoulis is there. He might get a start. I just think, you know, Dimitri in his first season, he's going to have to lean on his veterans a little bit. Uh, it's a young side. I think Havili has a chance to come in there and make a bit of an impact. Number seven, another guy changing teams. The most expensive guy on this list, but I love him. It's Renoff Atone uh, from the Roosters, obviously moved over from the Dogs. 2RF front row forward, 373K. So again, you're probably not going to be cracking the starting side. You look at the starting side for the Roosters, it's going to be either TKO, Collins, and Hargreaves up front. Back row, you know, it's, it's locked down between Radley, Satili, and Crichton. But again, injuries to suspensions. I think he's definitely got to get a bench spot, no doubt about it. I think the guy who misses out in the front row and Otone will be the two gun forwards off the bench. And, you know, gun forwards, you know, might get 35 to 45 minutes potentially. Otone, you know, in a not very good Bulldogs team was one of those shining lights that just, you know, when he, when he was on the park and he played big minutes, put out good scores. And I think he's one of those guys that, again, I think he's definitely a weight. I think that price can drop, especially if, you know, they're working in early in the season, if they want to get some legs into the guys that, you know, didn't get legs last year. Um, if he can get anywhere around the 300K, I know it's a decent drop, but if he can get the 300K and all of a sudden now in round, let's say seven or eight, um, you know, I could take a Sean Bloor who let's say is up to, you know, 450, 500K and a gets a spot somehow I can drop him down. I'll absolutely do it. I think, Another classic guy like a TC Rabadi and a Scott Sorensen and Ethan Bullymore. It's a guy who probably won't get the start, but if he does get a start, is at a nice price, has a chance to drop a bit of cash early on, and not many guys I think will be on him. I think a is going to be a nice pickup later in the season. 
the next dual bundle together, there's two Cowboys Edge. So it's Jeremiah Nanai and Helen Lukey. So both two RF only. Nanai is 343K. Lukey is 351K. Don't know what to think about the Cowboys forward pack. I think it could go a lot of different directions. I think Lolo's going to go back to 13. I think we had the experiment last year of what that was. The forwards, you could tell me anything. You could tell me McLean is still in the forwards. You can tell me that, you know, they're just going to go Ruben Cotter. They're going to give him a go. Um, you know, Mitch Dunn, Shane Wright. There's a lot of different options there. But to me, I don't know why you don't start Nanai and Luki in your second row. This is going to be a year where you've got, you brought in the presence of uh, Chad Townsend to be a leader on the field. You need to bring through some of your young guys. And I think having Chad Townsend on the, you know, having a heel and Luki on, on the hip of Chad Townsend, I just like that. I like the experienced guy taking one of these young two RFs under his wing. There's both uh, cash to be made. Them two are definitely TLT guys. If one of those gets listed in the start, if one or even both get listed in the starting TLT, I will be on it. Um, because both guys just have nice attacking upside for two RFs. You know, they they can create line breaks. They can, you know, bust tackles. In defense, they're okay. Um, I would like to see them tighten up the defense a little bit and get rid of some of those missed tackles. They could drop you some scores. But, yeah, I think any one of them that gets a starting spot is a viable option. And, again, if they don't get the starting spot and they go to the bench, there's a real chance if Todd Payton's very strict with his minutes and wants to go with some of his veterans, these guys might drop some cash and become second half of the year standouts i will finish with the last guy on my list and this again uh was the reason why i thought this would be a nice podcast here a guy that I haven't heard many people talk about but there's been a lot of people talk about the team that he's uh playing for it's wade graham 2rf 354k so obviously let's put it out there the injury bug has been attached to him it's the concussions unfortunately so it's something that you can't really you know train to avoid if he can stay concussion-free, and it's a big if, I know it's a big if, but 354K for an attacking, playmaking second rower in a team that people are penciling in for a top six, top eight spot is unders. It just is. And again, if you're a turbo and cleary starter, you're going to need to have some options. And if, if, for example, for me, if two of my three starting second rowers can be Sean Bloor and Wade Graham, in a nice world, Bloor gets a start, averages a 55 Wade Graham gets a start, averages a 55-60. That's exactly what I'm thinking here. I think Wade Graham, if he can stay concussed-free, has a chance to really, you know, if he's lining up on the Nico Hines side, if he has a Jesse Raymond on the outside of him, you know, he has Will Kennedy sweeping out the back. I just think there's, you know, Cam McInnes and Braley punching through the middle. It's just lined up for Wade Graham to have a good season. 354K, he's one of those established because guns from the past, we know he can do a job. I know that there's a lot of conjecture right now about who's going to play in the halves with Nico Hines. And, you know, it's going to be Matt Moylan, it's going to be Billy Trindle, it's going to be Luke Metcalf. I've seen crazier things than at some stage if there's an injury bug or something that Wade Graham gets put into the six. And again, do you want the base of him in the second row to get to average you a 45? Do you want him in the upside to, you know, in the second row and average get a try assist? Or do you want to put him in the sixth jersey and just play him there? I'm not sure how it goes, but all I know is when you look at some of the, if you look at all the teams that people are blowing up this year to say, this is a team that I want to be invested in. I want to get a lot of players from that team. I'm hearing a lot of sharks and I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing Ramian, 
hearing Hines, hearing McInnes, hearing Fanukin. But Wade Graham is not getting spoken about. And I, I get it. The concussions is a big what if. But boy, if you can get a guy who averages 55 for 350K to start with in that side where we don't really know what they're going to be like, I'm, I'm all for it. So again, it's all going to be predicated on trials and TLT. And we'll, you know, we're all hearing stories about training the house down now. We'll, we'll hear more about that as we get closer. We're, we're inching closer and closer to the start of the season. And I just think 2RF. And I think center wing, they're, they're the spots where you can really get some cash saving and you can get some cash cows. So I think this year, there's if you look close enough and if you plan out your team, I think there's some real options for some cash cows. And I think, you know, if, especially if you're going the Cleary Turbo route and you can, you know, bank your captain to get 100 a week or 150 a week, you can take a little bit less and get a guy that averages maybe 10 less on the points, but you're saving 200K. I think... There's plenty of those options in those two ones. So we'll keep going through a couple more position groups again. We're doing a full deep dive of each team. So that will probably be leading us into our, into our team previews. But again, we'll do a couple more of these because I think there are some options here for some guys. And again, you don't have to take the advice, but it's just something to really keep an eye on to start pre-TLT, after TLT, and then obviously as you get into the season. So that will do it, guys. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.